Yep. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Two Toms, One Ash. Still your go-to UK-based podcast for all things NFL fantasy football. On this episode, we'll look back at week 16, a Christmas cracker of a week, if you will. As always, we'll review our fantasy teams, although for this week, it will just be the last one standing. And after all that, we'll take a look ahead to week 17's fixtures and some bold predictions. To keep up to date with what's going on with us, our league and other NFL-related stuff, follow us on Twitter at 2Toms1Ash. Right, that's enough from just me. On we go. Welcome everyone and hope you all had a great Christmas. Um, by far the highlight of Christmas for me is always Christmas dinner. Um, and I'm joined by just one Tom this week, just me and Scully this week. Um, so so I'll put you down, Scully, as as the roast potato of Christmas dinners. Um, you're a Browns fan, you're a Sheffield United fan, so you've been there through the tough times. No frills. Um, roast potato, I think, probably easily forgotten about, but at the same time, probably the, the first thing that goes on the plate. Uh, and if nothing else, in fairness, just full of carbs, salt and goose fat. So how are you, mate? Good Christmas? Bang on there, mate. I think it's absolute staple of a Christmas dinner. And I thought you were going to go down the route of it's... Uh, I, I look like a similar shape, but... Uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, cheers. Cheers for that. No, good, good Christmas, pal. No, really good. Um, just just the four of us, we stayed home. Um, didn't see anybody. Uh, kids didn't get out of the pyjamas. Uh, really, really quiet, but, uh, but good. I enjoyed it. And... Uh, then Boxing Day, uh, obviously went to the lane and, uh, yeah, entertaining game, but ultimately a very, very frustrating, frustrating finish. How about you? All good? Yes, very good, thanks. Very well. Yeah, I spent most of Christmas, just the four of us as well, um, not travelled too far at all, uh, not been to any sport or football, but watched plenty on TV uh, and especially the NFL, so... So yeah, it works out quite well that it's probably a small price to pay, I think, if you're an athlete and you're having to work over Christmas uh, for, for a few years that you're active, but I wouldn't trade that for the world, I'm sure. Uh, okay, so let's let's touch on then the NFL and the game of the weekend, really. I think it was built up to be and turned out to be as well. So the Ravens and 49ers, which I think Ravens at one point were the with the five points uh, against, I think, but um, but ended up beating the 49ers fairly convincingly in the end, 33-19. Lamar Jackson, as always, headlining that, scoring 26 points. Scully, what did you make of, well, that game, really, that outcome? Shocked a little bit, I guess, but I don't, I don't know why, why I should be shocked, because you look at what the 49ers has done against the, the other AFC North teams, uh, this year and and they've struggled other than Pittsburgh, but but they don't count. But they've but they've already lost to they've already lost to the Bengals, they lost to the Browns, and now they've lost uh, lost to the Ravens. And it was a bit of a uh, it, it, it was a bit of a, a drubbing, really. But more so, I think of the the 49ers' own downfall, if you like. Purdy, 
it wasn't great. Um, it didn't deal with the the pressure. Um, it made some bad decisions, and and they're a very very good defense. And you can't make those kind of decisions and those kind of mistakes against a defense as uh, as uh, as strong as as strong as the Ravens. But uh, but no, the Ravens were were good. They've been efficient all season. They're where they are on merit. They go about it um, a little bit under the radar. And I mean, everyone's talking about them, but they're not particularly outside of Lamar Jackson explosive. Um, they haven't got superstars again, other than Lamar Jackson throughout the team. But uh, they just seem to seem to get it done. I mean, you, you'll probably talk about Lamar in a minute. He's probably the by far the um, uh, the the more fantasy relevant person uh, throughout the season, but also on on this weekend. Uh, I mean, the only other one that I'd probably point point out, but score quite modestly, is is Gus Edwards coming coming back and having a decent game, scoring a touchdown. I think he only got about fourteen points, but he was effective in the run game. He was effective in the in the passing game. I thought he was he was excellent. Uh, Zay Flowers, uh, I thought. Was good again. Again, good value. Uh, Beckham uh, did did bit did his bits in part. Isaiah Likely uh, did his bits in part. Makes himself a bit of a nuisance and is a handful and and, and drew some fouls, which um, created some um, some some good situations for the Ravens. But um, yeah, for me, it was more the 49ers getting in their own way and and allowing the Ravens to uh, to beat them. Than it was particularly the Ravens doing something spectacular. I mean, I don't know how you saw it. Yeah, similarly, really. It's it's bizarre, isn't it? The way that the 49ers bullied the Eagles and then Nick Bosa come out saying, we've shown everyone the blueprint on Jalen Hurts. We've got to just keep him in there. And then I know Lamar Jackson is more elusive than Hurts. But yeah, like you say, his targets are a rookie in Zay Flowers. Odell Beckham, which is he's still a good receiver, but he's, he's not what he once was. Isaiah Likely is good, but he's not Mark Andrews. And then you're looking at Bateman. So it's not it's not like he's got loads to throw at. You would have thought that the 49ers could just try and keep a handle on Lamar rushing around and, and they'd be all right. But, but yeah, seemed to really struggle. Um, and then, yeah, similarly the other way, I couldn't agree more. I think Brock Purdy, a couple of what tipped passes, weren't they? But I think the Ravens are creating that look. And it's it's wild that, what is he? Is Lamar now like 19-1 and one against the NFC? Which I I thought I know records don't mean everything, but if they do make it all the way to the Super Bowl, it's it's good odds to go into the Super Bowl with if you're nineteen and one against the the opposition in the NFC. So so yeah, really interesting one, and I think throws it all wide open. Not only with uh, AFC, uh, not so much AFC should I say, but the NFC, but also the MVP voting. Um, I know Lamar's now favourite, and as he should be. And I think when you talk about most valuable player, you take him out of the Ravens, and there's not really anyone that you could replace him with. Um, your other players, McCaffrey, Purdy, you could put any decent running back, I'd probably say, in the 49ers, and they're going to be good. You put any decent quarterback with the 49ers, they're going to be good. But as a most valuable for their team, Lamar's got to be right up there. I don't know what else you're thinking in the running. If you'd if you'd even put Tyreek ahead of them, I know Dax in the running. Mahomes is usually up there. I think it's Lamar's to lose at the minute, and I think he's definitely put himself at the at the top of that conversation. It's 
like say is he he just does things that nobody else can do and he just is able to extend plays make plays through ridiculous throws or um with his legs evading pressure and in key moments you know what i mean he's it's always in key moments and that, that he seems to come through um so for me no absolutely is is leading that conversation and i think he's He's not been in the conversation as much, which he, and he should have been. I mean, don't get me wrong; his numbers probably aren't as good as other quarterbacks. He hasn't thrown as many touchdowns, for example, as Baker Mayfield. He probably hasn't thrown as many yards as someone like Baker Mayfield. Um, and don't get me wrong; Baker Mayfield's having a great season. But Lamar Jackson can do things that no one else can do, and he shows that week in, week out, and he does it all the time in key moments. And like you just said, the Ravens wouldn't be where they are if it wasn't for Lamar. And he probably has gone a little bit under the radar in that conversation because people are focusing on what's happening with Mahomes, um, what's uh, Joe Burrow's been out injured, um, Tua, um, he, he's been leading that conversation, but he's probably not even the most valuable person in his team. That is Tyreek Hill. Um, so, no, for me, if the Ravens get the number one seed in the AFC, um, Lamar's got to be the most valuable player. And, and by default, the most valuable player on the team is the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, and, and it, well, I can say we were talking about the Dolphins and I was going to come on to kind of Dolphins beating the Cowboys this past week, not only because, well, there's a chance to rub it in on the Cowboys and I will do, but, um, but we will skip over that and I'll let you have some limelight and talk about Amari Cooper. 51 fantasy points in a win over the Texans. Flacco scoring 30 points. Them Browns, they're, they're doing it, aren't they? Absolutely. Uh, Flacco's just been a, a revelation, really. I mean, unbelievable how how he wasn't picked up. I mean, I've seen something. We're going up against the Jets this year, uh, uh, this weekend, uh, tonight even. Um, and I've seen something about, they asked Robert Saller about why they didn't call him and and they didn't the Jets didn't even call Flacco and he says that he has no regrets over that decision um, and he stands by that decision he will not have any regrets over that decision I just think that's a little bit arrogant because they could have done with Joe Flacco he knows that offense he's played within that team I mean he was the quarterback that beat the Browns last year when they came by came from two scores behind in in under under two minutes in the in the final quarter um, but no, I mean, he's, he's been brilliant and the connection that he's seemed to have with uh, Cooper and the connection that he seems to have with, with Njoku, I mean, in, in three or four games, unbelievable. And we've got to be dark horses now. I mean, we've, you've got to be looking at with a defence that good and somebody who has been there, done it, um, won it all um, at the helm. And with the with Amari Cooper, with Njoku, with with some of the other uh, weapons that he's got at his disposal, then uh, I think we're definitely got to be got to be outsiders um, to, to potentially go go all the way. But not counting my chickens too much. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm a realist. I'm a Sheffield United fan and, and a Cleveland Browns fan, so success is not really in my DNA. But um, but no, it's it's looking good. Uh, but Amari Cooper, I mean, he's unbelievable. 
I mean, I've always I've always known he's unbelievable. He's been good since he's since he's joined us. Uh, it was an absolute coup. I think we gave away like a fifth round pick for him to Dallas. I can't believe Dallas got rid of him in the first place. Never mind for for that. But he's just ridiculous. Uh, you throw it up there, he comes down with it. I mean, some of the catches that he makes on the sideline are unbelievable. And he's now set the the franchise uh, single game record in in receiving yards, uh, other records that that I can't think of off the top of my head that that he's set already. Um, and what in his is this his second season now in Cleveland? Uh, yeah, the guy's an absolute star. Um, can't can't speak highly enough of him. And uh, apart from the fact that uh, I did draft him this season. And unfortunately, it wasn't on my side. It was on the team against me that smashed me out of the uh, uh, the, the fantasy semi-finals this season. But yeah, pleased to be a Browns fan, but was not happy to be facing Amari Cooper this weekend in fantasy. <laughs> yeah, but and I'm sure nobody else was either. If uh, if you're playing against him, but yeah, what a great connection that they seem to have got together. Uh, who'd have thought it? Just a, a quarterback who knows how to pass and knows how to pass to his star players. Um, but as you say, up against the Jets this upcoming week, I don't think the Browns have any trouble on offense getting round the Jets necessarily, albeit it might be a sco- low-scoring game, um, probably a lower-scoring game for Amari Cooper anyway, let alone nowhere near the 51 points. But going up against Source Gardner, um, it might be might be a case of Njoku. It could be the uh, the star receiver for the Browns this upcoming week. So looking back now at last week's, uh, how our fit, our teams have got on, or normally I guess it'd be our teams, but last week, Scully, there was only you that had some meaningful football to play. Um, so you scored 114 points, so respectable this late stage. In a loss, though, to Wellham, who scored a massive 176 points, which has to be his highest score of the season, I'm sure. Um, having said that, uh, me and Charlie did also play against each other in, a, in again, like I say, a non-meaningful game. But you scored more than more than the two of us. So for the season, uh, I'm on six wins, Charlie's on six wins, and that now takes you to four wins. But as I said, you're not interested in what we did. But Scully, um, I know it was a loss, a heartbreaking loss, but talk us through that. I mean, I've, I guess I was kind of resigned to the fact that I'd limped into the in, into the playoffs, I guess, on, on the back of a strong start and then a uh, really poor, poor finish to the season. And then, again, limped into the, limped into the semi-finals. And, and Wellham, on the other hand, has finished off really strong, getting like bad start, get, then getting into the playoffs and then scoring well in, in his quarterfinal game. And he's just gone from strength to strength and he's, he's possibly the favourite now uh, to, to go on and win it, in my opinion. And um, I've, I've just mentioned it. Amari Cooper, someone scores 51 points past year, it's, uh, you, you, you're playing catch-up uh, at that point and, and it's difficult. Because if you look at the rest of his team, they've all scored reasonably well. But, I mean, you're talking low double double digits um, for, for the majority of his players other than Amari Cooper, 51, and, and Christian McCaffrey, 25. 
Um, so, I mean, difficult, difficult to come back from that. But it's, it, all his team scored pretty well, and they and they scored exceptional. I mean, for me, I had some really good performance. I mean, Flacco, thirty points. Uh, Barclay, twenty points. Sent Brown, twenty-eight points. Smith, uh, nearly eighteen points. But that's literally where it ends because I just did not have luck on my side whatsoever. Uh, Hopkins went off with a hamstring injury. With uh, the Browns have had to sign that Riley Patterson from the Lions now to to play tonight because uh, because he's out injured. Jordan Addison went out in, uh, went out injured uh, early on in the game as well. So he was one of my my biggest weapons. Um, and he goes out. You've not left yourself much of a much of a chance. Dalton Kincaid again. I don't know. He's he had a, a, a weird start to the season, and then he he seemed to really come into his own. And Josh Allen was throwing everything to him, and he was he was scoring really highly. And then the last few weeks, no points last week, one point seven points this week. So again, really really disappointing. And then Kenneth Walker, since he's been injured and come back off injury, he's done nothing. Uh, again, six point six points. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was uphill battle. But then when you've got some key players that are just not performing, um, it, it it doesn't help anything. But that's it. That's it for another year for me. I've joined uh, you and Tom. The pod no longer has any rep- representation in the in the championship, which is unfortunate. The, uh, the title defence is over. Um, it was good while it lasted. Yeah, you, you were the last man standing out of us three. So, uh, unfortunately, um, the pod no longer has a horse in the race. Um, but what a story for the finalists. So, you're right, it's Wellham against Kyle. So, Wellham, last year's loser. Wellham bought you the ring last season, having finished rock bottom. And then Kyle, who snuck into the playoffs by 0.7 points just a few weeks ago. So, unbelievable, really. And let's have a look. Let's have a look at the current predicted. Uh, I think you're right. I think, as you said, I think Wellham's favourite. Yeah, so at the minute, as it stands, assuming that they've both put in their strongest teams, Kyle's uh, predicted 99 points, Wellham's predicted 122. So, I think when there's a stretch or a prediction of 20 points, it's usually quite a big prediction that I think to, to come back from however um, well like we saw last week uh, 50 points from one player uh, can quickly turn all that around so so we'll see we'll have to report back next week and, and crown a new champion um, for the two seasons so far this has been the third season that we've been running a brand new champion um, and we have got one question in. Um, so the question being, uh, come from, uh, well, come to us on Twitter. So if anyone has got any questions before next week's pod, then then fire them into us on Twitter. Um, but this week's question, um, so this person's saying that they don't have any meaningful fantasy football left to play, which is like a lot of us, I guess. Um, have you given up or are you still playing hard? So I guess I'll take this one, the fact that I, I didn't play anything last week either. Um, so, so we had a few texts flying around our WhatsApp group, didn't we? Around um, what's what's official and the way that we set it so that our draft order, not necessarily worst place has the first pick, but worst place can choose where they want to draft first. Second worst from this season chooses where they want to draft next, and so on. So there's a there's a form or there's a way of tanking that I think we probably can do. However, to do it 
ethically right. We're not dropping players. So I've got Tyreek Hill. I'm not dropping him entirely so that someone else can pick him up off waivers. Um, I think if there was any chance that I'd get the, or, or beat the, I think I'm currently in the record of, I think it's about 188 points on the season where we have a, a payout for the highest score, the highest weekly score. If there's any chance that I'd be breaking that, then there's a chance that I might start my strongest lineup. But I think if I did, I'm predicting something like 115 points this week. So, so I'm playing my worst lineup of what's on my current roster, um, which I think is fair and reasonable. Scully, what are you doing this week? And uh, and any other thoughts on tactically tanking? I mean, I'm. I've still actually made uh, some process some waivers to to strengthen my team. I'm going for the third place. So I'm I'm still staying competitive and I'm playing Mike this week and I know he's going to want to beat me as well to to get that third place. So no, I'm staying competitive. I'm going to play my best team or the team that I think's got the the best chance of of winning me in the matchup. But uh, I saw something interesting earlier and. Uh, um, it, it did make me laugh. It did make me think like the fact that I am still trying to pick the best players for myself off at waivers and just thinking that can you imagine being in the in the final, uh, so the championship round and somebody who's absolutely been shocking all year gets the better waiver process, <laughs> process and they're still processing waivers and they're getting the best player off at of waivers over you who has actually got something to, to play for. Probably 10 teams ahead of you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They're, they're wanting to win the championship and you're, you're, you finish free and whatever uh, for, for the season and you're picking up the best players. So that did, that did make me laugh. Um, and it did make me think when I was trying to pick someone up off a of waivers earlier if if I've took that away from somebody who's actually got something to play for. But you know what? I've still got something to play for. A bit of pride, third place. And uh, yeah, that's how I'm looking at it. Very good. And, and in fairness, other end of the scale. So in our, in our toilet bowl, in our kind of last place, playoff at uh, the 11th place game so it's Liam against Joe um which which again like we said kind of loser buys the uh, the ring for the winner so still something to play for even right down at the bottom and at the minute I think they're both predicted in their 120s so um so so again as it turns out I think some of those kind of lower down the rank uh teams really have, uh, have ended up finishing fairly strong on some good predictions So looking ahead now to week 17, and this week we're going to do some bold predictions. So, Scully, um, I know we've got a couple each. Um, hit us with your first one. I'm going to go for the Chiefs to continue to struggle and lose out for the rest of the season. And potentially the Raiders pip them. And don't get me wrong, I've not done the maths. I've not looked at uh, the divisional so I'm not sure how how this will work out probably the Chiefs will still probably finish top and top seed they might have even clinched it I'm not sure uh, but uh, but for me I think the the Chiefs could uh, could lose out and the Raiders could sneak in to the playoffs as a, as a wild card if if it's impossible for them to to win that division which it could be Wow, yeah, big shout. It seems that, uh, maybe similar to Eagles, really, that, that the Chiefs are just one of those teams that you assume that they'll they'll be fine. They'll Yeah, they'll lose a few more games, but they'll sneak in. But 
but to lose out completely. What do you think is going wrong for the Chiefs? Anything in particular? Um, nothing just seems to be going right for them. I mean, they've not replaced Tyree Kill. I know last year it didn't seem to matter so much, um, but Mahomes was just unbelievable. Kelsey was just un- unbelievable. Um, this this year, I don't know. They've just had too many too many people just not doing the basics right. Um, I mean, even Kelsey has been dropping dropping quite a few um, passes. Uh, other receivers have been dropping countless passes. Uh, Mahomes just doesn't seem himself. They seem frustrated. Um, it's been the defense that's gotten through the majority. They've they've kept them in games. They've been exceptional in 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 all grand scheme of things. But they must be getting tired now. You know what I mean? They're on the field a lot. They must be getting worn down. Uh, they must be accumulating injuries. It's, it's got to be getting getting on top of them. And, and the the offense is just they're just not scoring. They've not been scoring all season. They've just not been getting into the red zone and scoring touchdowns. And it's been a real issue. And I mean, we listen to the New Heights podcast and, and they obviously evaluate their, their games each week. And Kelsey talks about having to fix it and get better and do the right things and all this kind of things. And he's been talking about it all year. You know what I mean? It's it's just they've, they've won some games, um, but they've not been great. But when they've lost some games, they've lost some games that you think, how have they lost this game? You know what I mean? How are they losing to this side? How are they losing to the Raiders? How are they losing to the Broncos? These are things that the Chiefs don't do. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, I think it's an accumulation of things, but it's for me, it's it's the offence and it's just not clicking. Yeah, in the past, they've got some sort of invincibility, haven't they, around them? But I don't think the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Bills are particularly worried about them any time now, I wouldn't have thought. Okay, so I'll jump in with one, and uh, and I'm going to predict Nick Mullins uh, of the Vikings uh, against the Packers this upcoming week on the back of 21 points against the Bengals, 20 points he scored against the Lions. He's going to have 25 points plus and throw another two touchdowns. Uh, I think now that Jefferson's fully back and in the full swing of things, I think the Packers, <laughs> the Packers, Jair Alexander's, well, the Packers have suspended him for this one game for, for quite comical, really, electing himself captain for the last game. So I thought, no, we can't be having that. We'll sit him this one game. Even though Packers are still in contention, they'll let they'll sit him. So I think Nick Mullins, although I don't think he's p- performed particularly well, uh, fantasy scoring has been decent. And I think that's going to keep going against the Packers in a divisional game this week. Scully, another one from you. Difficult one. I mean, one one thing that I do want to mention, and it's more out of hope than anything else, is uh, the Browns getting the uh, AFC one seed. And what needs to happen that we've just been talking about is that the fact that the Browns need to win out, the Ravens need to lose out, and then the, the Dolphins need to lose one of their last two games, one of which that they need to win is against the Ravens. So that is more, is more out of hope, but... For me, that would be extremely bold, and uh, like I said, I'm not not sh- not sure it's realistic. Um, uh, in, in all honesty, so for me, I'm going to get on the um, uh, Garner mania, mania hype, 
And I think the Colts are going to pip the Jaguars um, to the um, to the fourth seed to the title of um, the the South. And uh, I think they could be again a a bit of a of a dark horse to um, to get into the playoffs. And if if the Browns don't get the the one seed, they get the the five seed. Um, then that for me is uh, not a favourable matchup in in all in all uh, respects. It's it's one that I think we just got over the line with some favourable calls from the uh, from the officials earlier on in the season, and it's one that I wouldn't want to see over the uh, over the Jaguars. But I think it's one that we probably will see. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? You wouldn't have been thinking anything like that towards the start of the season, and and a similar trajectory to the Browns that albeit a rookie, but their starting quarterback goes out injured early on in the season and, and kind of a new offence takes place, but but takes place well. I know Pittman's been out last week, hasn't he? And probably even this week as well, uh, on the back of that hit that he took. But um, but yeah, if he comes back last couple of weeks and then he does, they do sneak into the playoffs, then yeah, who knows? Who knows what will work out for them? Uh, okay, and then last one, uh, I'm going to call out our favourite wide receiver duo, Pukanakua Cooper Cup. Um, so Cooper Cup's had three games where he's had more than 20 fantasy points, and Pukanakua has had seven games that he's had more than 20 fantasy points, but never in the same game. I think that changes this week. I think they both have more than 20 points. They're playing against the Giants, who are pretty woeful, and I think even dropping Tommy DeVito, which I know he don't play defense, but they're dropping Tommy DeVito. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, I think, is quarterback in the Giants, so. Yeah, I, I don't think they're tanking necessarily, but but they're not a good team either. We've got a couple of poor teams in New York. And uh, and yeah, I think the, the Rams, I think the Rams are looking pretty good actually. And I think they're on a, a decent run, decent bit of form. And, and again, if they can sneak into the playoffs, then um, then yeah, I, I don't think they'll be, they'll be a nice team to play as well with everything that they have got on offense and still got a few stars on defense as well coming up. And that's that for this episode. And that's that for 2023. Uh, Don't worry, not the entire season, just until next week, which is 2024. As you've heard, still loads of playoff scenarios and lots to play for in real NFL. But for fantasy football, good luck to Wellham, Kyle and everyone else playing for the championship. We'll see you next week. Ho, ho, ho. You didn't think you'd gotten rid of me that easy, did you? Before I get back to the North Pole and empty my sack on Mrs. Claus, I want to leave you with these wise words. Fuck the cowboys. Merry Christmas.